Yankee Tree Service, call them today, 401-439-6028. The tree trimming experts from Lincoln, you can always find them online, yankeetreeservice.com. Tree removal since 2006, 24-7 emergency service available. It's Yankee Tree. Folks, I've dealt with them for years. Tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, also emergency service, and bucket truck service you can depend on on Yankee Tree Service. Call them today. Get a free quote, 401-439-6028. And remember, with Yankee Tree Service, they have the licensed arbitrist. They'll come out and they'll explain which tree maybe you want to get removed, maybe what tree you don't want to get removed. Tree pruning, also one of the best things you can do for your property and for your trees. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today. The tree trimming experts based out of Lincoln. Call them at 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. Hunter Biden. Well, this is what the news people have been waiting for. And now it is, in fact, actually happening and taking place. As Hunter Biden will plead guilty, three federal charges have immediate reverberations in the presidential election. You've heard about, you've been hearing about this for quite some time. We will have our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd break it down but hunter biden cnn broke the story plead guilty three federal charges i'm not convinced that they're very serious charges and i'm also not convinced it's gonna i think it's gonna keep him out of jail um he'll plead guilty two federal tax misdemeanor one charge to gun possession he will appear in court plead guilty to the charges at, at a future date but as you can imagine the story is just rocketing, which does make sense, by the way, that something like that is taking place. Now, he will be charged federal tax weapon offenses. So already, you can tell that the 2020, I think I have some sound on this, though. The 2020 election, excuse me, 2024 election is is already going to be one of, you know, like court battles. President Trump with his various problems and now you have the whole hunter biden situation so let me dip in a little bit to christine welker Um, this will undoubtedly become a political matter now we are reaching out uh to of course the white house we have not heard from the white house yet about this uh president biden has really not said a whole lot about this. He has argued that he wants to keep distance uh, between himself and, of course, the Justice Department in this investigation. But notably, he did make some very recent comments in an interview uh, with Stephanie Rule saying, quote, my son has done nothing wrong. I trust him. Those comments will undoubtedly come under fresh scrutiny. Now, of course, this does come about a week after former President Trump pled not guilty to 37 counts that he mishandled classified documents. Republicans, the former president, have argued that there are two systems of justice here, uh, one for him, uh, one for Democrats. Of course, that is an argument that we have seen both Republicans and uh, Democrats push back against. And the counterpoint that you'll undoubtedly here in this case uh, from Democrats will be that this is a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney, but again, a lot of scrutiny with this new development. Well, uh, there will be a lot of politics to discuss, but let's stay on this legal agreement that we just got word of, and I want to turn to Ken Delaney, who covers Justice Department for us. So, uh, Hunter Biden's attorneys are saying this is essentially a global resolution of this five-year-long investigation into Hunter Biden that looked at his taxes, his gun charge, but as Kristen referred to, also was scrutinizing business dealings that he had overseas, whether or not he had failed to register as a foreign agent, among other items. Is it your understanding that this investigation looked into those matters and has now concluded there are no charges forthcoming? Good morning, Savannah. I certainly know from my own reporting that the investigation did look into those matters. And I guess the way to put it is we have no reason to doubt the on-the-record statement from Mr. Biden's attorneys that this resolution concludes the inquiry. Uh, As you know, NBC News reported that 
Hunter Biden received some $11 million from 2013 through 2018 for his work with the Ukrainian firm and a, and a Chinese business person. And that work and some other issues are now the subject of investigations by congressional Republicans. Uh, but we also know that the Justice Department took a look at those issues. And uh, if Hunter Biden's attorneys are to be believed, found uh, no evidence of wrongdoing. Um, and in fact, uh, NBC News had previously reported that there was a felony tax charge on the table under consideration related to the improper use of a business expense. Obviously, the, the DOJ has uh, decided not to bring that charge as part of this agreement, which is significant. That was the only felony tax charge we were aware of. And so what you have here are two misdemeanor charges about willful failure to pay taxes. And as Kristen said, this gun possession charge, uh, possession of a gun by a user not entitled to possess one, which uh, Mr. Biden is admitting to the facts of that charge, uh, but will be entering a deferred adjudica adjudication and that will be wiped off his record. So a, a significant legal victory uh, for Mr. Biden in the sense that there is no jail time called for here, but at the same time, an admission of wrongdoing, um, even when, as Kristen said, his father has said uh, very recently that his son did nothing wrong. So he is admitting to a crime here, but not a felony. It's a guilty plea to a misdemeanor, two misdemeanor counts, and as mentioned, on the gun charge, which had to do with uh, the paperwork you file when you try to purchase a gun. He was accused of falsifying that by not acknowledging a problem with addiction. Let me turn to Danny Savalo. Danny, you've seen many plea agreements. This one will come under close scrutiny, of course, because it regards the president's son, and now he's uh, been given a plea agreement that allows him to plead guilty to misdemeanors only, in which the prosecutor reportedly will only ask for pro probation, not jail time. This is a Trump-appointed prosecutor who stayed on in the next administration. Is this in line with what you might see in the garden variety case where you don't have a famous defendant? Yes, given these charges, because the vast majority of federal cases are felonies. But if you take a look, for example, at the lowest level of the United States sentencing guidelines, they will go from zero to six months, and that will include felonies. Let's say, for example, a false statement, Section 1001. We've seen that in the case of folks like former General Michael Flynn. Hit sentencing guidelines for the lowest level of felonies and first-time offenders will be in the zero to six-month range. So you can reasonably expect probation. So if you're talking about federal misdemeanors, which candidly are pretty rare in the federal system, then it isn't unreasonable to expect you might be able to get a pretrial diversionary program. However, I have to stress that statistically, since the vast majority of federal cases are felonies and the sentencing guidelines can be pretty draconian, and that's a defense attorney talking, that most of the time you don't see a lot of pretrial diversion cases, this one free bite of the apple, straight probation in federal court. You see a lot more uh, of incarcerative sentence, sentences where people are going to prison. But again, in misdemeanor land, it is reasonable to expect a straight probation or even a pretrial diversion sentence, sentence if, if you did what this defendant did, which it appears that he raced to plead guilty, race to negotiate his guilty plea. Uh, that's the situation where you will get federal prosecutors on your side recommending the same thing the defense is here. Yeah, and Danny, let me ask you, another aspect of this is uh, Hunter Biden paid back those back taxes, I believe, a year ago. Now, technically speaking, you can still be charged with the crime even if you pay it back. It's like you rob a bank and you return the money. You can still be charged with robbing the bank. But do you think as a practical matter that might have affected the prosecutor's decision to not seek a, a felony charge in this matter? It absolutely makes a difference. And this is the kind of thing in federal practice Oftentimes, a defense attorney isn't looking to win an acquittal at a trial. More often, you're trying to give your client the softest landing possible, and you have to be creative. And for example, you approach the government and say, look, there is a harm here. We can repay some of that. That doesn't exonerate the client, but it is something to be considered as we work towards uh, a resolution that both sides can live with, that the government feels comfortable with, and that uh, the defendant can live with. But that really is the gold standard for negotiating a plea agreement is anything that keeps your client out of the Bureau of Prisons.
And indeed, it seems that is the agreement that has been reached now between the federal prosecutor looking into this case since 2018, a Trump appointee, David Weiss, who has made a deal with Hunter Biden, the president's son. The president's son, Hunter, will plead guilty to two counts, two misdemeanor counts of failing to pay taxes on a gun charge. He is going to be entered into pretrial diversion, which will result in no prison time if conditions are met. We'll have more on nightly news. We'll return most of you. Folks, again, um, what really also sticks out there five that's a five year investigation, and then that's what they came up with so um what I also think just jumps out is I think it's it's tough for people to reconcile that he's not getting preferent preferential treatment in any way, meaning hunter Biden, and that somehow they're just uh going along with this that this is the standard i Again, until we hear everything, we'll have our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd, break it down. We certainly come to expect that people were expecting a lot more. On the one hand, this totally undercuts the president saying that his son did nothing wrong. Clearly, his son did something wrong. Now it's just a matter of this will be a heavily scrutinized negotiation of what went in, what was involved with this plea agreement. That's how I first blush view this coming down folks again that is huge news you're listening to the john DePietro show propane plus in rhode island for all your propane needs call them 401-885-4209 in massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 propane heating and cooling it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 folks you're listening to the John DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, thepetro.com. Time for our segment, Politics This Week, segment one. With us, he is the uh, managing editor, anchorrising.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, the um, <clears throat> Governor McKee is very fortunate that he's not up for re-election during the, uh, the midst of this fiasco. But I do want to talk about and still... Uh, get your thoughts on on a couple different versions of the now infamous Philly trip that will just, you know, it's kind of, to me, it's a kind of joined Rhode Island folklore, but two different elements of it was the press briefing he did very short notice. Uh, I'll even divulge. He, he even only invited a a hand picked number of outlets. He didn't put out the way they normally do, but be that as it may, uh, that in the fact that the national press that followed last week, um, <clears throat> you know, it was interesting, Justin, and I thought of you simply because Rhode Island Governor Press in the past, as we know, you and I have talked about, Governor Raimondo cultivated that, but it was very, you know, carefully crafted, and she would get some play in the New York Times, Washington Post. This was far different uh, from that. So let's just start off with uh, just that, and then we'll talk about the press briefing, but just some of the national coverage that they received. Well, I, I think it was it was kind of sadly predictable. I mean, the we're right along a bunch of fault lines, right? The uh, the sexism and racism and and all that, um, and if that's kind of overshadowed the as we discussed previously the the kind of extortion angle. I mean, it's it's almost yes. like that's the worst thing possible is to say something uh, off color, uh, and so I think I mean it it caught caught some flame. The the national press is always looking for for these sorts of stories it's it's sort of the fodder of late night talk show monologues and jokes right. you know and and so those, those are the kinds of things people look for and and you know that's it's that's in itself is not necessarily uh 
you know, it, 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 these things come and go and I always have for, for a long, long time. The, what's, what's the problem is it's, it's not, I mean, it's a negative story for Rhode Island and Rhode Island doesn't have very many positive stories, right? As you, right. As you said, Raimondo cultivated uh, positive stories about herself, certainly, and then uh, positive stories about Rhode Island that she thought showed her in a good light. And so that was, she had a media, a media group almost and, and under control, yeah. a cabal, a good term, uh, working to, to get those stories out there and move them. And you can, you, you, and one of the advantages of that for the state is that these reporters who are thinking of writing these stories would say, you know what, I, I'm familiar with Gina Raimondo's press people. Let me get some comment on that. And they could help, right. you know, help craft the story. Instead, you've just got McKee, who's, who's very parochial. And, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't like that Raimondo spent all that time focusing on a national audience uh, and her future as a politician. But uh, it, it does it does create this kind of hole from a key to fall right into particularly what i still consider to be his poor handling of the situation i i agree with that justin and also it, it also to me it also shows uh, he has this this thing in his mind that it's the local media right that's that's out to get him and always trying to do gotcha and stuff like that this is an example this was national media weighing in and it was obviously you know it was embarrassing it was dismissive um, and, and it, in some ways I, I find they kind of show their cards because they truly showed what they think of, of the administration and the state. So, you know, there's the expression, you're not paranoid if there are people against you, but I think that also motivated him to try to then jump in and change the narrative, but he just handled it so poorly. Let's move on to, I, I him trying to rewrite history, um, it is it is just to me it's the the PETA principle exemplified of he you know he maybe he was a good mayor of Cumberland maybe he was good as lieutenant governor I don't know he really didn't do a lot but he is just so far in over his head the fact they trotted him out there and they came up with the talking point of due process and and if you say that 15 to 20 times in a span of 30 minutes that will kind of come in um I, I want to get your thoughts, but I, I just thought it, it was so it took them, you know, two weeks to get their talking points. This could have been done. Justin Katz, he could have done this in March and he would have had control of the situation to say, oh, I'm, I'm prepared to stand here and answer all your questions as long as you have. And then a few minutes later, one of his press people like, all right, two more questions and they're shutting it down. Um I, I just thought he, he can try to do this narrative, but we, you know, the end, we, we know what happened here. And he was trying to hide the email. He was trying to block it. They fumbled the ball. They didn't know what to do. I'll grant them it was, it was something out of the ordinary. But as far as here's how we're going to handle it, they, they didn't handle it. They bungled it. And it blew up in their face and it became a two-week embarrassing story. And I'm not convinced that it's over yet, but I Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. AtMed Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At AtMed Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atment urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atment urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. Make sure to find the John DePietro Show Facebook page and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all real time live stream. Just follow John DePietro Show right there on the Facebook page. 
You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Jury selection begins in the trial suspect charge, Providence Drive-By Killing. This is Maya Brophy Bayerman. You go back to August 1st, 2021, leaving a late-night party. Um, So an individual is walking to her car on Olney Street. Right off of North Main Street, early morning hours, car rolls by, two individuals fire and kill Maya Brophy Behrman. Now, one of the individuals, total criminal dirtbag, Isaiah Pinkerton, he's the one that will be going on trial. Victim's parents had to wait a year before they were finally caught. Uh, It's actually a year and a half. It was August 1st. They finally announced in December of last year, that they had gotten them. Standing with a friend outside an apartment complex in Providence, she was actually on her way home, shot and killed. That was also the situation where Mayor Lorza then continued onto his vacation in New Hampshire. They say the shooting was random, apparent gun gang-related drive-by, I believe was mistaken identity. The individual who was walking to her car really doesn't resemble the person they were looking for but in the darkness of night these two individuals probably under the influence of something rode by and then fired so 32 year old sean mann whose brother dante mann he was killed in october of 2020 shooting a rap video late at night and then pinkerton both charged murder possession of a ghost gun both pled not guilty being held at the aci she, of course, uh, Maya Brophy Bayerman, folks, as you know, were very involved with that case. And um, and uh, all you can now hope for is justice. It's not going to bring her back. I want to also just remind people, Governor McGee has never weighed in on this case. He's never said one word about this case. I also, yesterday, Governor McKee, uh, total pandering with the signing um as far as you know making june 19th juneteenth and you know it's a it's a big holiday in rhode island and blah 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 but the fact of the matter is um governor mckee does nothing to stop the fact that there was a fatal accident in cranston you had the guy riding on the wrong side of the road uh, on 95 over the course of the weekend. Drunk driving is a major problem. Governor McKee does nothing to make the state safer in any way. This is the whole signing of the Juneteenth. This afternoon to mark the occasion. Yeah, now if you don't know, which I'm sure a lot of you do, on June 19th, more than 150 years ago, the last enslaved people in the United States were granted freedom. So this is a very important day for people in our community, including the African-American community. State Rep. Henry speaking about how much this holiday means to her. By embracing Juneteenth as a state-recognized holiday, Rhode Island takes a significant step towards acknowledging the pain of the past and committing to a more inclusive future. Juneteenth was first recognized as a federal holiday in 2021. And guest speakers, singers, and dancers gathered in Washington Park in New... You know, all of that, but the guy just... Governor McKee does nothing to make the state safer. I think also... I want to credit Channel 12 had the story of the individual. It's a frightening video. I had shared it on the page, and then the person you can hear in the story I've communicated with, um, and we feature some of his work. But this was, um, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, and a guy is going the wrong way on 95. He's on the southbound lane, and he's going north so at a, at a good you know 60 60 miles an hour 65 miles an hour channel 12 did do a story on it i want to play some of this Jay right Gotti now tells me he was just finishing up his night door dashing when out of nowhere he saw this a car driving the wrong way on 95 
What would you do if you were driving on the interstate late at night and you see a car coming at you? And I looked to the left of me and I noticed there was a car driving in the wrong way. In new video obtained by 12 News, you can see drivers passing by as 49-year-old Joey Figuere is caught on camera driving in the wrong direction. For Jay Gotti, who captured the video, he says it's a terrifying thing to think about. Just really scary. I, I read a few articles before of wrong way drivers and most of the time it always ends fatally. So I was really scared. I was going to see something that I didn't want to see. Gotti tells me he followed the car for two to three miles while on the phone with dispatch the entire time until he captured the moment state police pulled him over. Up on the highway, it was around Pawtucket, uh, Broadway area. It's a little bit past Trial Street, right before the mall's exit. Police say Faguerre failed all field sobriety tests on scene as blood results are pending. But just days prior. You really want to help other families. You really want to make sure that nobody else has to go through the suffering you've gone through. Advocates against drinking and driving held a rally at the state house, calling on legislators to take up two DUI bills, which would bring forward stricter charges against drunk drivers. One of those advocates, Wesley Pennington, a former Rhode Island state trooper. Laws need to be strengthened and changed here in Rhode Island. Those cries for help went unheard by the end of the legislative session, as those most impacted continued calling for change. To protect the citizens of our state, we have a major problem here, yep. and our citizens deserve to yes. be protected. Advocates at the State House on Thursday told me even if the bills did not pass, they would not give up the fight against drinking and driving. Reporting live in studio, Matt Paddock. 12 news. Nice job. First tonight, we're hearing from the person and folks, they, they, they don't. The state, Governor McKee, they, it's, it's not a priority. We've already seen what they can do when something is a priority. So Governor McKee loves the Juneteenth sitting there, signing this legislation, blah, 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 but doesn't do anything to improve our life. Doesn't do anything to improve our life right now. So they're very content to do things from the past, but nothing that improves or makes our our community life uh, safer right now. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs, no matter how big, how small contact them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 what a difference it makes for your driveway for your business parking lot j letter j j perry paving 401-732-1730 online at jperrypaving.com and look for them on facebook You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, Brett Beer got quite the uh, sit-down with President Trump. And let's just say, I think this is the first, I think this is the first time President Trump was in a situation in an adversarial um, I, I, I don't know if I'd even say Brett, Brett Beer was adversarial, but he wasn't just going along with everything the president said. Let's play the headlines. I think, though, this comes to show that the president's going to have trouble on those, you know, when they do eventually have the debates. Let's hear it. Urban voter who feels that way to win her back. First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot, okay? You know Let's that, get that straight. I won in 2020. You know that this, and if you look at all of the tapes, if you look at everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or Mr. President, let's go to recent. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI Twitter. 
Let's go to recent. The 51 agents, all corrupt stuff, Brad. Understand about the all, Hunter Biden, well, no, but all that's fair the election. But yeah, that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, Brad, uh, you take a look at all of the stuff ballots. You take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there were, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant we're, widespread We're trying fraud. to get recounts, real recounts, not just numbers of votes Widespread cast. corruption, there was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them, by your lawyers, some in front of Freddy, judges, Freddy. judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no evidence. Is, Wisconsin has practically admitted it was rigged. Other states are doing the same right now, and it's continuing. There have been a review it was of a every election. potential case of voter fraud in six battleground states, and they found fewer than 475 cases. You know why? Because they didn't effective. look at the right things. Okay, Brad. are you going they to were be counting? They were counting ballots, not the authenticity of the ballot. The ballots were fake ballots. You had this I was asked, a very rigged. Are election. you going to go? This is how you're going to tell that independent suburban no, woman no, voter. No, no, no. We're, to vote we're for off you. to winning an election, and I think we're winning very well. Uh, I got a poll just recently. I have it here. I'd no, no, show no, I you. know, and and I watched but the number. I, now, folks, I have been very, I'll tell you why I think that's a losing talking point. Um, I have been very critical of the the ways that people can vote. Rhode Island is double voting. People that sh- uh, should not be allowed to vote are voting. But where I believe President Trump loses this argument, and, and if he continues, I don't see how it's going to benefit him or win. But where I believe he loses this is this business of, there were illegal ballots stuffed in. There's been no evidence of that in any way. And and it's just such a, I, I, I can't believe, if, you know, I think the question is fear as far as it started off with how are you going to get back that uh, female suburban voter? Now, and, and I'll answer. I mean, I don't even like hearing it. They didn't prove anything. I can't believe they're going back to this. The president, President Trump was ill-served by the people he chose to represent him in this in the form of Rudy Giuliani, Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell. They did Jenna Ellis. They talked a big game. They never delivered anything. And then there's some other individuals around the peripheral. President Trump has attracted less than valuable people, to put it mildly. And this is also where Brett Beer, this is on Fox News, he questions the, the comment of, you know, the best people to hire. And this really seems to have the president thrown. Here we that. go. I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Well, I did do that. This and we time, had tremendous, look, we had the best economy we've ever had. This time has ever seen. Your vice president, Mike Pence, is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, bar a, a gutless pig. Uh, your second defense secretary is not supporting you, called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House chief of staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock. And your first defense secretary, James Mattis, the world's most overrated general. You called your White House press secretary, Kayla Kennedy, milquetoast and Multiple times you've referred to your transportation secretary, Elaine Chow, as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. So, why did you hire all of them in the first place? Because I hired 10 to 1 that were fantastic. We had a great economy. We had phenomenal people in charge of the economy. We had phenomenal people in the military. I'm not a fan of Millie, and I'm not a fan of certain of the television people. But I knocked out ISIS. I defeated ISIS. They said, Mattis... It would take three years, and I don't think we can do it. I did it in a period of, like, four weeks. There's a lot of people who praise you for your policies. I just said that. That's true. Well, I mean, you just went through a list. But don't forget, for every one you say, I had ten that love us. And one. You know, um, it is a reoccurring theme. And, folks, I've even mentioned the attorneys he had working with him on the documents. Um, And then now it even gets into the documents, and it's... I mean, this is um, 
I, I don't understand the strategy here. The only way Nara could ever get this stuff, this back, would be please, 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 could we have it back? And they please, asked for that. Because they have no... We they were did talking. ask for it. No. And they said, can you give some, the documents back? And we were talking. And then they said they went to DOJ to subpoena you to get them Which back. they've never done before. Right. And in all why fairness, not just hand them over then? Because I had boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to Nara yet. And I was very busy, as you've sort of seen. Yeah, but I've according very, to the indictment, busy. you then tell this aide to move to other locations after telling your lawyers to say you'd fully complied with the subpoena when you hadn't. But before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things. You know, that was, um, I, I don't understand stuff. either. As Brett Beer, that's Brett Beer on Fox. And now listen, we rec- we fully realize that Pre- President Trump um, was not, I, I don't want to say he wasn't prepared, because he, he obviously knew, you know, that the interview was going to take place. I think a lot of his talking points have not been fleshed out. And so then when he says them, it just, it doesn't come, you know. So, I mean, to think that they, they raided because, because he had clothes in there. I mean, that's obviously not what they were, <laughs> that's not what it was about. It was some of the war plans, um... I, I don't know. Let's go to the recent FBI Twitter. That I think it's a very legitimate question. Pitch the female independent suburban voter. I don't understand why. I agree that that those individuals or someone like that, um, they, they're certainly not going to. Um... All right. I want to hear. This is where. Um, do you have any of those highly sensitive okay. documents? Here we you still go. Have highly sensitive government documents? No, I, I don't have anything, no. Okay. They, but what I'm concerned about, they took everything, right? I don't know what they took. They could be stuffing it. I don't know what they put in there. And we wanted to be oh, there when my. they were taking They wouldn't let anybody in the room. They've never treated oh, a president like this. And that's fair for you to point out. I guess what this points to is this recording where you said you could have declassified it when you were president. You didn't. No, no. So I it's could still have classified. when I was president, but there's no document there. Those were newspaper articles. Okay. They were copies of articles and magazines. There was no document there. And I couldn't have done it after I was out. This is, you still have it? I just, I, th- this is... Um... All right, let me hear. This is uh, Brit Hume reviews the interview with President Trump. Fine interview, Brett. You, you, know, you let him have his say, but you challenged him as well you should have. That's a very difficult kind of interview to do, so kudos to you for that. I would say a couple of things. One is that his answers on the matters of the law seem to me to be to verge on incoherent. Um, he seemed to be saying that the documents were really his and that he didn't give them back when he was requested to do so and when they were subpoenaed because, you know, he wasn't ready to because he hadn't sorted them and separated the classified information or whatever from his golf shirts or whatever he was saying. It was not altogether clear what he was saying, but he seemed to believe that the documents were his, that he had declassified the evidence to the contrary, and, and, and therefore he, you know, he, he could do whatever he wanted with them, which I don't think is going to hold up in court. Secondly, when you asked him what his pitch was to the kind of suburban female voter that he had lost in 2020, his answer was to talk about how he didn't lose the 2020 election. I don't think that's an appealing uh, message for the future, and, I, and I'm sure his legal and political advice were wincing all the way through his answers on both those points. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't launch into education, parents' rights, education, um, what's being taught in the schools, a lot of the transgender. Right now, when you speak with suburban, you know, the female moms, they, they're not talking about the 2020 election. Um, I think they are concerned about what's being taught in the public schools. So, but it, I thought it was revealing that he did not have a good answer, kind of rolling off his, uh, his tongue. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon 
Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats, in the summertime, spring, fall, mosquitoes, and many other pests. Call today for a free consultation, whether it's for your home or a restaurant. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's once a month. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Residential and commercial, whether it's an office building, a school, a hotel, a restaurant, or your home. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401 739 1322. Remember to log on to depetro.com. We have original stories, original videos, also links to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Plus, you can get some great merchandise in the shop. Log on depetro.com. You're listening to the John DePetro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website petro.com something to watch uh coming up is you know the patriot player jack jones facing arraignment can you imagine you're you play in the nfl you're out with the new england patriots they just finished up some some work at gillette he's flying to los angeles and he tries to bring on board two loaded handguns folks this is one of those things you know they have player personnel they try to um, teach some of the younger players new into the league players in general about the dangers of their investments gambling things you got to stay away from people you got to stay away from drugs you need to stay away from various compromised positions situations they may find themselves in if you have to get back to oh by the way you you can't bring two loaded handguns onto an airplane i i, I just th- this this is a serious penalty let alone in Massachusetts, but he was actually trying to board a flight at Logan with two loaded handguns. We're never going to know how Jack Jones would have performed with the Patriots because this type of legal trouble is is going to land him. There's significant penalty. And then never mind in the aftermath of the Aaron Hernandez situation, um, I think in today's league, you know, there's certain things that they're willing to look the other way in, but uh, look the other way on. But uh, this isn't one of them. And as much as if if you have to get into this, like beer basics, even even if you're licensed to carry, even if you have all the proper paperwork for your for your handguns, you you can't. Is this news to this individual? I, I don't know how the element of maybe he forgot that he had them so or he didn't pack properly. This isn't a check bag. This was attempting to get onto the airplane with two loaded handguns. I think it also raises an interesting question. Now, keep in mind, when they travel, they fly in the Patriot jet. Are they traveling? <laughs> Is he traveling when they're going to play, you know, pick a team? The Miami Dolphins, Buffalo, whoever, is he, is he, are there players traveling with loaded weapons as they're going into some of these cities? Because there certainly wouldn't be, I wouldn't imagine, any type of security for a private, for the private Patriot jet. This type of player, I, I just think, you know, you are never going to know, I don't think, how he would have panned out. But one thing we know is he's not going to be doing it, I don't believe in a patriot uniform folks you're listening to the john DePietro show the coesed inn 226 coesed avenue in west warwick rhode island tradition since 1977 delicious food great atmosphere whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge they can also accommodate large groups a great meal a feast is waiting for you at the coesed inn stop it and see them all year round, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn.
You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. This story about these people stealing the uh, remains, body parts, and then selling them out of the morgue of the Harvard Medical School. It's so bizarre. It's so disturbing. I want to play, this is uh, the WBZ story on this. At Harvard Medical School and then sold. Several people from New England have been arrested. The theft of body parts, of course, is disturbing enough. But who bought the remains and for what use? WBZ's Christina Rex has that story. Blood and bone dominoes and boxes of bones were some of the things sold on Jeremy Pauly's Facebook page. To collect a human skull, it's like a holy grail for him. Uh. The Pennsylvania man is indicted in the nationwide mm. scheme that includes several defendants from New England accused of stealing body parts. He considers himself an oddities collector. Oddities is a broad term that can mean taxidermy, bones, medical memorabilia, and vintage horror. This TikTok video shows human bones on sale in Salem, an oddities collector found in 2021. No comment, what are you with these body North Shore defendant Katrina McLean is also an oddities collector and seller, according to her since-deleted Instagram page. The sale of human bones actually is legal in every state except Louisiana, Georgia, and Tennessee. The problem in this case is that these bones were not these defendants' property to sell. I think it sets back the medical industry. John Pachaya Ferry owns John's Bones in New York and has collected human remains since he was 13. My father gave me a mouse skeleton when I was 13, and instead of presenting it as scary, creepy, and dark, he presented it to me as academic and educational, and that really pioneered my love for Bones. He says all of his products are 50 to 100 years old and donated by people in the medical field and often purchased for research and learning. While he understands the love for bones and even sells them himself, the way the bones in this nationwide scheme were sold and used is wrong, he says. People that aren't willing to follow laws and are willing to do it um, for the wrong reasons, I completely do not agree with. Um, it really sets back the work that we're trying to do at John's Bones about making it more accessible and further demonizes the industry at large. In the nationwide criminal scheme, investigators say it was more than just bones that were exchanged, but skin and brains as well. Students here at Harvard Medical School worry this scandal will lead to a drop in donations and will affect future doctors' education. In Boston, Christina Rex, WBZ News. Well, of course it will. And they were, that woman in Salem, Cats creepy creations she she was a big you know part of that but it, it it's so twisted of who would want to be purchasing these things it even made it on to uh, news nation last night a man accused of stealing body parts from the harvard medical school morgue and selling them online now faces charges here's everything we know police say a former manager of the morgue took heads brains skin uh. and bones home then mailed them to buyers from 2018 to earlier this year. Authorities say in some cases, the man even allowed people to come to the morgue to pick up what remains they wanted to buy. Harvard deans released a statement calling the matter, quote, morally reprehensible. Bonnies donated to Harvard Medical School are used for education, teaching, or research purposes. Apparently not. Once they're no longer needed, the cadavers are usually cremated. The former morgue manager's wife and five other people have also been indicted in the theft and sale of human body parts. You know, that guy treated as if, hey, if you're just going to throw it out, there's actually a market for this type of thing. So... You know, kind of reminds me of growing up. <laughs> Maybe you had a parent. You know, my mother sometimes would say, you know, does anybody want the rest of this meatloaf? If not, we're just going to throw it out. <laughs> so if I don't eat that, it's going to become junk, in other words. Or it's just trash. Oh, okay. All right, destroy the rest of those body parts. I could destroy them. Or, you know... There's, I have a guy in Pennsylvania who's willing to pay me for this stuff. My goodness. And the guy, Jeremy Pauly, if you haven't seen him yet, what does he look like? He looks like exactly the type of person who would, in fact, be purchasing. But, I mean, the guy is, 
half of his face is tattooed green. He has um, <clears throat> spokes sticking out of his head, which is shaved. He has it, 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 he he looks. It's like got a central casting of all right. We need someone to play the part. Obviously, lip piss piercings. No, I was wrong. He's got three bolts sticking out of his head. Maybe four, almost like horns. Weird earrings. That's who was interested in um, in purchasing them. But I, I wonder if the defense is going to be, hey, they were just going to throw them out. And then, um, you know, until I found this guy in Pennsylvania that would, he would, I don't want to get to, but he would take the skin and dye it. And then so it's very possible there are people that are wearing clothing that is actually human skin. As frightening as that sounds. But then they figure, hey, if people are wearing, you know, normal uh, leather. Let me hear. This is the um, other local story on this. Terrible. That were donated to the school for scientific research. Prosecutors say brains, bones, and skin were sold through the mail. Investigators say the buyers spanned across the country. They say this man was buying human skin. And a Salem woman is accused of buying skulls she showcased in her shop. For more on this gruesome scandal, Seven's Rob Way joins us live outside Harvard with more. Amanda, Sam, the allegations are certainly disturbing. The medical school here at Harvard says they are appalled by these allegations. Their former employee now accused of being part of a network that sold and bought body parts. Anything to say to those who donated? No comment from 55-year-old Cedric Lodge walking out of federal court in New Hampshire, accused by the FBI of stealing human remains from Harvard Medical School and selling them for profit. Federal investigators say Cedric and his wife, 63-year-old Denise Lodge, both of New Hampshire, were part of a nationwide network of people buying and selling stolen human remains. Ah. According to federal prosecutors, Cedric worked in the morgue at Harvard Medical School, where human cadavers are used in teaching medical students. In the indictment, they explained from 2018 to 2022, Cedric stole dissected portions of donated cadavers, including, for example, heads, brains, skin, bones, and other human yeah. remains, and allegedly also used his access to the morgue to allow others to enter the morgue and choose what remains to purchase. Why start doing this? Cedric is accused of taking the There's body parts from the college it. to his home, where he and Denise allegedly used social media and their phones to sell them, sometimes sending the human remains through the mail. Harvard releasing a statement saying in part, we are appalled to learn that something so disturbing could happen on our campus, a community dedicated to healing and serving others. The reported incidents are a betrayal of HMS, and most importantly, each of the individuals who altruistically chose to will their bodies to HMS through the anatomical gift program to advance medical education and research. Oh, the three are going back. Oh, they're going around. Neighbors sharing cell phone video of the feds descending on the lodge's home in Goffstown back in March. Wednesday morning, neighbors say the feds were back, this time taking the lodges into custody during a pre-dawn wake-up call, leaving behind the couple's two cars in the driveway with those eerie vanity license plates. The builder thought they were great, nice people. Shocking. Hold on, can I just see those license plates? What were those grizzly license plates again? Um, I just want to see the one, the part of what the license plates were. Oh, yeah, Grim Reaper was one. And then, um, I mean, all the clues are right there. Dark Shadows. Yeah, Dark Shadows. All right, they're not that bad, but it's still very bizarre. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Make sure to find The John DePietro Show Facebook page, and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all, real-time, live stream. Just follow John DePietro Show right there on the Facebook page.